The following audio is from Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas. Our mission, to make and mature disciples through the gospel of Jesus Christ. For more information about Fellowship, visit fellowshiptx.org. All right, guys, this is uh, Daniel Ward. I'm the student pastor here at Fellowship. I'm here with Julian Martinez, our interim pastor. And uh, we had a great day Sunday. It yeah. Was, uh, the crowd picked up a little bit and saw some faces I haven't seen in a while, so I was encouraged mm-hmm. by that. Yeah, I thought it was, all around it was good. The music was good and the atmosphere was good. I mean, we, we always say that, but it really was. You know, yeah. I felt the Holy Spirit move in, and it was a good Sunday. Yeah, I really, in, uh, like I said, I really enjoyed um the, the whole day and, and seeing, like I said, seeing people I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, and, and uh, we've been mi- missing some of these people, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's good to get to see them again. Uh, and, and you know, we we record this podcast every week, and mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes it feels like we're just talking to the space, right? <laughs> Throwing yeah. it up there, and and we see we do see clicks out there. We see people listening and all that. But we did have someone come by the office today who's been listening, and yeah, uh, not a member of our church, but just you know wanted some encouragement, feeling called to ministry and, and mm-hmm. just wanted to kind of pick our brains on some of that stuff. So it was encouragement to see, you know, that, that there are people out there that are listening. And, uh, you know, if you guys ever have questions like that, feel free to email us. Uh, we love an opportunity to, uh, you know, to invest in people and, and we don't have it all figured out and yeah. we, you know, we're still figuring this thing out, but, but it's, it's cool to be able to, you know, to try to share resources and, and, and be available to people. And so, you know, if you listen to this podcast each week and, uh, you have any questions for us? Uh, feel free to email us. My email is our emails are simple here at the church. They're just our first name at fellowshiptx.org, and so mine would be Daniel at fellowshiptx.org, and Julian's would be Julian. So, uh, you know, feel free to shoot us an email, call up here at the office if you have any questions or, or anything like that. So anyway, let's uh, let's go ahead and dive into the sermon. Uh, man, what a what an awesome text! Yeah, right. What a you know you grow up hearing that story. Like, well, I grew up in church, and so. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you hear even in children's church, hearing that that story, and um, you know, growing up in student ministry, mm-hmm. hear, hearing people te- teach that text, and um, it's it's a really awesome text to see God's power in a moment of of struggle and mm-hmm. and overwhelming odds yeah. against those guys in that moment, and to see His power, and, and you know. God has a plan, mm-hmm. and, and there's nothing that stops that plan, yeah, which is right. which is really cool to see in that text. And uh, I, I really enjoyed how you uh, you know some of the points that you pulled out of that that text, and and it was kind of a, a refreshing time for an encouragement yeah. sermon, right? Sure. A, a lot of Acts is very um, uh, you know convicting, yeah. And, and looking back on it is convicting, yeah, yeah, and uh, and, and not that. Sundays wasn't either, but sure. but it was also very encouraging to like to, to see, you know, yes, God has this, you know, this calling on your life, but also He's going to be there to make sure that that mm-hmm. His will is accomplished, right? Yeah. And and when you face trials and when you face struggles, He's there. Yeah, and and so that was definitely um, I enjoyed. Like I said, I enjoyed some of the points that you pulled out of that and, and enjoyed that sermon. So uh, kind of like we typically do, I got a couple of questions for each point. And so we'll start off with your first point. And it was uh, it was this, our circumstances or our circumstance should not determine 
our worship. And right. obviously that was pulled from those guys, uh, you know, <laughs> chained up in a, in a dungeon cell yeah. and, and, and yet worshiping. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? It's awesome. And so my question for you is this, how does someone get to that mindset? How, how do you get to that point? Right? Like you, mm. I can't fathom how, you know, discouraging it could have been in that moment to have been chained up in that jail cell. Like you said, they were beaten, they were naked, they yeah. were chained up, uncomfortable. So, so how does someone get to that point to where when they're in immense trial and struggle and pain yeah. that, that they're worshiping? How do you get to that point? Yeah, so obviously that's, like I said Sunday, that's one of my favorite texts in the whole Bible. And, I'd, you know, coming up, hearing it, and I, I very much appreciate even like children's church and youth, you know, and but sometimes I think we can miss the rawness of mm. that whole account, right? That, like you said, like they're naked, they're bloody, they're they're beaten, you know, it's like a, not a pretty sight at mm. all. And, uh, and when we can put ourselves kind of in that mindset, like, golly, this was horrible. You know, nobody wants to go through that. And, and then to see that they're worshiping God at a time where most of us probably Mm. would not be. And I think, you know, your question, you know, how, how do we get to that level, right? How do we get to that point to where, um, to where no matter what happens to us, we're kind of rejoicing and praising God in the moment. And I think it's just, there comes a level of sanctification to where we understand that it's not about us, mm. that it's a selfless kind of outlook on, you know, I, I want to live as somebody who is a slave to Christ and that no matter what comes in my life, that's the lens I see it through, mm. you know, and nobody's perfect. We're n- Nobody is going to always be at that moment. Right. You know, I'm sure even Paul writes down later that, you know, there was this thorn in his flesh and he had begged God to remove that from him. And God told him, my grace is sufficient unto you. And so even Paul, right? Like there were moments of despair in Paul's life where he wasn't singing and rejoicing. Right. Right. But, but there's this level of sanctification. I think that when we understand the mission, when we understand the goal, when we understand the, the purpose that God has us, for uh, doing what we do for then you know then there's this level of man you know it's not about me it's not even about my situation it's not even about what i'm going through and and that's where i think that comes in right that that's where i think that we can get to a moment of i can rejoice even though i'm going through some of these difficult times and and paul obviously paul and silas are a picture of that right that they're only human they're no different than we were and yet uh, that level of sanctification can come to where, you know, it's a selfless thing. And, you know, we say a lot of this stuff. We repeat a lot of the stuff we say a lot, yeah. right? Yeah. If you come to fellowship, you know we're about making disciples, that we're about, you know, being a witness, that it's not about us, that it's all about him. And I, and I don't think that we should get tired of saying that. Right. Because that's the answer. Right. How, how else are they going to be able to worship? Well, they're not thinking about themselves. Right. Because if they were, they had every right to not worship. They had every right to be like, this is a horrible situation mm, yeah. and I'm hurting and I'm in pain. And I mean, think about it. Sometimes when we get home from work, right, we, you just want to veg out, yeah. just want to sit on the couch, especially on a long day or a stressful day. Yeah. Sundays are for me like, man, they drain me, you know, yeah. and I want to get home and just knock out. It was crazy, but I'm not going through anything really, 
right? And sometimes we treat our circumstances like, man, I just need some time for myself. You know, I just need to like do nothing and veg out and, you know, I'm so exhausted, you know, and, and, and that's fine. But look at their situation. Yeah. And I think sometimes people don't really fully grasp the reality of their situation because we have the privilege of flipping the page and seeing the outcome, right? Yes. They didn't have that. There was no, no promise yeah. of, of freedom. Mm-hmm. There, Jesus had never said to them, okay, I'm going to let you get arrested, but trust me, mm-hmm. I got, I'm going to send an angel, you'll be freed, yeah. and, and it won't be an issue. They didn't have that promise. No. So they're sitting in there not knowing what the outcome is going to be. Yeah. You know, In their mind, it could be death. It could be freedom. There's there's no promise either way. And so, man, that can be, you know, like yeah. I, I, when I think of it that way, I'm like, man, that could be really overwhelming yeah. to, to, to not have any idea what, what the future holds for you. We have a very skewed view on reality in 2020. We watch a show. Let's say you have a favorite show you watch. Mm. And I, I like the I'm a, I'm really into like the dramatic shows. You're more into like the comedic shows, right? <laughs> but I like the dramatic shows to where it comes to the end of the season. You're like, oh gosh, what's gonna happen? But then I'm so black and white in my thinking. I'm like, no, 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 they're gonna be here next season, <laughs> right, right. So they're it's okay. You It'll know, be like, fun. They're gonna make it. Uh, and 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 I think sometimes that's our view on the the Bible, on the Bible story as we read it, like. Oh, well, they're going to make it. God saves them. They're not thinking that in that right. moment. Right. They didn't have that promise. No. Yeah. I, I guarantee you, Paul and Silas were thinking about death because why else would that jailer want to kill himself? Mm. They, they didn't do that unless there was executions coming the next day and obviously you were responsible for them. That's why right. he puts them in these stocks. He puts them in the innermost part of the prison. He he is he knows that this means his life, mm. meaning they were going to pay with their life. Mm. And and as Paul and Silas are going through and they're preaching the gospel, remember he'd been left for dead, stoned and left for dead in chapter fourteen. Mm. And uh, and 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 he at any moment he's thinking, I'm going to die. Yeah, I'm going to die for Jesus. He's already come to that. He writes that conclusion. Way. Yeah, he writes from prison that way. And we know on some of his prison epistles that he gets out later and then he gets back in prison and is beheaded eventually. But he writes that way like, guys, I don't even know if I'm going to make it. Right. Right. I, I might not make it till tomorrow. Uh, he's bitten by a snake at one point and he doesn't even know if he's going to live, you know. Right. And so in his mindset, you're right. He's sitting in that jail cell, him and Silas. And it's a horrible situation, and they're rejoicing. Mm. They're singing songs to Jesus. And it says that, like, people were listening to them, right? Mm, yeah. uh, hopefully they could carry a tune. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, they, people are listening to them. And I have no doubt in my mind that they're, they're telling people, this is the reason we're singing. We're singing because of Jesus, and he died and, you know, was buried and resurrected. Why else would the jailer say, like, what do I got to do to be saved? They had to have been talking to him about salvation. That question right. doesn't come from nowhere. Right. And so, uh, I, you know, I think there's this level, I mean, the long way around to your question, there's this level of sanctification to where it's no longer about us. It's not about anything that we have in view of ourselves, but it's all about looking through the lens of Jesus Christ. And anytime we get put in any situation, then we can, then we can rejoice in that moment. Yeah. And that, that kind of leads me to a follow up question that I had about, um, you know, that same point that our circumstances should not determine our worship. Um, you know, it seems like there are a lot of times that people, um, can, 
you know, the inverse of this story to where, you know, when things are rough, they run to God, right? Yeah. But when things are great, when they're on the mountaintop, when they're living in, in prosperity, they're not they're not running to God. They have no relationship with God. But as soon as troubles, you know, hit, they yeah. run immediately to God and fall on their knees and start praying. And, mm-hmm. and, and and it's almost as if they're looking for God to fix their problem rather than really coming to God for God. And so, you know, yeah. maybe speak to that a little bit. Yeah. And I, and just like I said, I think it has to do with selfishness. You know, um, we have, we, we really talk on cultural Christianity around here and the fact that there's a lot of nominalism, there's a lot of apathy. There's a lot of people who, uh, don't fully understand what it means to be a slave to Christ Jesus, right? To be a slave of the King. Yeah. And, uh, and, and let me put it to you this way. Let's say I work in the palace of a king and that I'm there voluntarily as a slave to this king. Uh, when I wake up, when I wake up, what's the first thing on my mind? What does the king I, want? What does the king want? Yeah. I'm serving the king. Uh, when, I, when I go to lunch, when, I, when, I, when I'm walking the halls of the – I never forget that I'm in the palace. I never forget that it's all about the king. Mm. And so I think one of the things that – that there's a problem in cultural Christianity and like apathetic Christianity is that we, we want to treat Jesus like a backpack. So, you know, we throw the backpack of Jesus on and say, man, you know, I like this stuff about him being able to forgive me and, and him loving me so much and him making me a child of God. And I'm a, you know, I'm going to keep this backpack on and then, and then I'm going to go do all the stuff I want to do. And I'm, and it's gonna to get to a moment to where I'm not even gonna remember the backpacks there, mm. but it's there, and and then when I get into trouble, there's there's goodies in the backpack that are gonna help me out, mm. right? And and then that's that's how they want to treat Jesus, but that's not the way it works, right? You know, it works like like you're serving the King, and when you wake up, you're thinking of the King and what the King wants, and when you go to sleep, you're thinking of the King and what the King wants, and all day long as you're walking in the palace, you have a job. But that job is to serve the king, right? And just like you said, you work at Motiva, you work at, you know, for the city, you work for whatever, the school district, and you're not a teacher, you're a servant of the king who right. is then doing their job for the king to glorify the king. Right. And so I feel like we have this view of God as, uh, and, you know, it's very cliche, but it's like the genie in the bottle, hmm. right? We know where the bottle is, and anytime we get in trouble, we go rub on that thing and hope that God pops out and he answers our prayers. Right. And we ain't prayed in months. We haven't, you know, opened the Bible in months. We barely make it to church. And yet we feel like we have this relationship to where we can approach the throne of grace boldly when we're not even servants of the king. Mm. And so I think, uh, like I said, nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to have it a hundred percent right. But I do think that, that a true, genuine Christian will have Jesus and God on the forefront of their mind always, right? Uh, They might not be a hundred percenter, like the sower says, right? They're maybe a 30 percenter or even a 60 percenter, it says. They're, They're producing something, you know, it doesn't look great all the time, but that's their focus. Right. Their focus is always on Jesus. Their focus is always on God. It's not on their abilities or their desires or their families or, you know, it's all about who God is and what he wants and expects of their life. And, and they're rejoicing in him in those moments. And then when the deepest, darkest parts of despair come, 
they have some reserve to draw from, mm. that they've been rejoicing even in the highs, and that they know that in their deepest of lows, even though it's not comfortable, God is there and he he is a refuge, right? He is he's the strong tower that we run to. Right. So your next point was um, God can use your situation. And so you kind of talked about Joseph and yeah. you know, that, that situation that he went through and just another story of man like, wow, <laughs> yeah. poor guy went through a rough, rough yeah. go of it, you know? God, don't like me that much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so my question to you is, you know, even in Joseph's life, it's almost like that was God's plan all along. Mm. Like, like God planned for Joseph to endure hardship in order to get him to a point where he was where he was to yeah. be able to fulfill God's purpose for his life. And so my question for you is, do you think that God allows bad stuff to happen just so that he can use it? Uh, I mean, the short answer would be yes. Yeah. I, I, I firmly believe that God absolutely allows uh, even bad things to happen to good people. As that That's kind of the phrase everybody uses, right? Yeah. That, you know, why would God allow bad things to happen to good people? And uh, but ultimately to glorify himself. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, one thing theologically that we have to understand is that God cannot sin and God cannot provoke to evil, the Bible says. And so uh, it will never be God who comes at you and tempts you to do anything. But he absolutely can allow the ruler of this world to tempt you. Yeah. to do something you know what i mean and 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 remove that protection for just a moment to then uh, have you glorify him later when it all when it all works out right mm -hmm. because when you look at job okay job theologically is is sometimes a headache to be like why would god do that right mm -hmm. satan comes and he asks like hey you know, or, or he actually, God says, hey, have you considered Job? You know, and and everything that Job goes through, it's because of the hand of Satan. But God allowed it to happen. Yeah. And at the end, God is glorified. Right. And he, even at the end, God chews Job out. And it's like, man, Job doesn't deserve this. You know, you're reading it, feeling sorry for the guy. Right. Uh, but God, God, I love it because God makes this. Uh, Job says, hey, you know, I want I want to be like a lawyer in a defense. And I didn't do anything wrong. And here I am. And so God answers him and says, all right, you want me to answer you? And he's like, you know, where were you when the foundations of the earth were set? You know, I'm assuming you were there. He gets very sarcastic with Job. Mm. He's all, I'm assuming you were there when I told the oceans to stop. You can only go so far. And, when you know, and, and all this stuff. And God is helping Job to understand that we don't know anything. Right. We have a small glimpse of of this life. And, and we sometimes want to perceive to be wise and then we look really foolish. Mm. And so God says, I have this whole master plan and I have this thing to where it all works out. And, and it all works out to glorify God in the end. And sometimes what we perceive to be bad has to happen so that way the good can work itself out in the end. Right. right. I know a story of a family who um, had experienced a lot of death, the death of a child, the death of loved ones, like in the span of two or three years, like close, close people, you know, and uh, and and their testimony was such that they didn't know Christ beforehand, but that once these deaths had happened and this church reached out to them, they were able to like all of them, all of their family be saved, you know, 
And we don't like to look at those experiences as good, but it led to the salvation of so many people. Mm. You know, and so God will absolutely allow something like that to happen to then glorify himself. You know, in Romans, he says that, you know, Paul says, like, who are you to tell the molder of the clay? You know, I, I created you shouldn't create this vessel for wrath. Yeah. And how do you know that this one vessel of wrath doesn't lead to like, you know, millions of vessels of glory for the Lord? It's yeah. because we don't know how it works out. Right. And, and because we don't know how it works out, we should be very uh, slow to question God on on the way he the way he does that, just like Paul and Silas. Right. Right. Now, we wouldn't have thought that to be fair to them because they were only doing what God had asked them to do. Yet there was beauty that came out of that pain because the jailer and his whole family got saved. Right. And so to them, it was worth it. They was worth it going through what they had to go through to get to that point. Yeah. It's almost as if we can, and we kind of talk, I think I've kind of used illustration sometimes, but you can, you know, we only see this little bitty piece of the picture, mm-hmm. you know, but there's this big, huge storyline that's going on yeah. th- th- from this aerial view that only God can see. And so how our negative experiences, you know, affect God and his glory. We don't get to see that sometimes, but, but we can trust that God is innately going to glorify himself. Right? Yeah. He's going to, that's what he's, that's what he's going to do. And so, um, we can find rest in that and know that there's purpose behind our suffering. Absolutely. And I think really one of the problems is, is that we've, we've been self-centered. Mm. We're really focused on us and we, we have this, the thought process that everything revolves around us. Right. And so when I'm sad or when I'm down or when I'm going through pain, like God, you know, why, why is this happening to me? You know, like, uh, you know, and, and there's even theology out there, wrong theology. It's like, God is all about you. You know, mm. God, God wants, you know, and you deserve to be happy. And, you know, and it's like, that's not the way it works. You know, you deserve nothing. You deserve death. Yeah. And by the grace of God through Jesus Christ, you can, uh, you can achieve salvation through his righteousness and uh, and it's all about him and so even if we have to experience something uh troubling then we should count ourselves you know uh lucky to be able to or i don't say lucky but fortunate to be able to go through those situations to glorify god in the end yeah and that kind of leads to my final question and your point was glory comes from pain and so you know if glory comes from pain then it's almost as if we should, like you said, we should desire that. Mm. Like, I mean, not that, you know, not that any of us are like super excited about painful situations, yeah. but at the same time, knowing that, that glory is going to come from pain and look at, look at the cross, look at the pain at the cross and the glory that came from that. Right. And yeah. so if glory comes from pain, then, then it's almost as if we should know and, and, you know, like, like James said, count it all joy when we, when we mm-hmm. suffer. And so the question is this, how, how do you get to a point where you rejoice in trials? Like when trials do come, how do you get to that point to where like you, you see the bigger picture and, and you rejoice yeah. in that? You know, if I'm honest, I don't know that it that ever comes that way. I, if I'm honest, I don't know that it ever like, uh, you know, I'm going through this trial and I'm like, man, this is awesome. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going to make the most out of this. And I don't know that in that moment, that's a, that's always achievable. But I do think that, you know, like we were talking about earlier, if, if you have been centered around Jesus Christ and you're glorifying him always, 
then as you're going through some of those things, you know that there's a purpose in the end of it all. Yeah. And that and that that hope that's that's what Paul calls hope. Right. Is that we see it in the moment. And even though we we don't understand it and and and, you know, sometimes James comes off a little tough. Right. <laughs> yeah. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials and temptations. You know, like, and, and, and then he says, like, faith without works is dead. And like he's hammering stuff. And he doesn't always give us like the practicality of how to make that happen, you know, and. and and yeah. it can even make us feel bad. Like, I never feel this way when I go through trials. Like, I'm a horrible Christian. Right. But but Paul explains it in a way, and I'm not pinning them against each other. I'm just saying Paul explains it in a way that he says, like, no, 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 no. What's going on here, When what, what, what you're counting as joy is the hope mm. that that you, it's not on you to get out of the situation. It's yeah. not on you to look at the purpose behind it or, or, or even the outcome of what it's going to be. But there's a hope on the other side. Right. Yeah. That you can understand that even though I'm going through this tough pain, that there's this hope that Jesus has it all figured out. Right. And if we don't have the Lord Jesus on our side, then what hope is there? Right. It's hopelessness. Right. And there can't be any beauty in pain. And we can't look at that and say, you know, uh, I, I understand and rejoice in God that he has it all figured out and I don't. Mm. And I think that's more where it comes from. Yeah. Right. To count it all joy is to say, I don't have it all figured out. And I don't, and I don't, and I'm not enjoying what I'm going through. But at the same time, I trust in God that that He's He's going to provide and that He's going to see me through. Yeah, it's it's knowing, you know, knowing in your heart of hearts that that what you're going through, even though it's miserable, yeah, that, that God's going to use it for His purposes and that there's a reason behind it. Because you're right, if there's no if there is no God there, then there is no reason for for the suffering. And suffering is just miserable, <laughs> yeah. right? But but if God is there. And he's allowing these things to, you know, bring glory to himself and and to to ultimately build his kingdom and you know even allow us to be able to use those circumstances and those experiences to to reach other people that we may not would have been able to reach before, yeah. right? You know, there there may be circumstances that you've gone through um, that, that better equip you to be able to to build a relationship with someone in mm-hmm. the future to be able to share the gospel with them. Yeah. Yeah, and how do we learn, right? Unless there's pain. Yeah. How do we learn? And you know, we were talking about this earlier, and I use the example of like, you know, if a little kid touches a hot stove, it's gonna burn them, and that's gonna right. hurt. Right. But later, going down the line, they're gonna know. Well, I don't need to touch that stove touch anymore. Never touch the stove again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's hot, and I'm not even gonna get close to that thing. Yep. And so, uh, <laughs> and so that, <laughs> that's how it should work for us. Yeah. There's always that that. You know that uncle, that redneck uncle at every event when the kid's about to stick the knife in the electric socket, yeah. he's like, "Oh, I only do it once." I only do it once. <laughs> I think I say that too much. I'm the redneck uncle. Yeah, uh, he's only going to do it once. Um, but yeah, and so God, God does allow us to go through this pain, but then at, at the same time, you know, I, I've been through some things in my life to where, you know, I I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Right. I can be totally honest with you, and and to where I can look back and say man, I really wish I hadn't gone through that. But at the same time, you know, both Melissa and I can work with somebody who's going through the exact same thing and be able to say, you know, look at the beauty that came out of pain. Look at the understanding we have now after we had to endure that moment of trial. Yeah. And, and and it's more about that hope that later on, we're going to be able to look back and say, we've matured in a way because of the process that it had to take to get us there. Right. And you're talking about Joseph earlier. 
you know, his 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 brothers throw him in this pit because he's his daddy's favorite, and he gets sold, and then he you know he gets put in jail, and, and by the end of it all, he's in Egypt, and he's the number two guy in Egypt, and mm-hmm. there's this famine in the land, and he's able to help his brothers and his family and all of Israel and move them to Egypt. Right. But if you look at the beginning of the story, he's get he gets this coat from his daddy, and it's like really colorful and and he's almost gloating to his brothers yeah right he has this dream and there's like these 11 stars and the moon and the sun they're all bowing to him and he's kind of like would you imagine that you know he wakes up he's he's a little runt that everybody you know beats up and he's like would you know look at that you know you're going to be bowing to me one day and and he doesn't have the understanding that he needs for god to be able to put him in a position of leadership right he doesn't have the maturity yet right and it's not until, you know, 10, 15, 20 years later, he's now been through this horrible life right. that has led him to being where he's been only by the hand of God. And as his brother comes in, and I always, I love that, uh, I love that biblical account to where he sees his brother and he starts crying. Yeah. Right? He starts crying. He's not upset. No. He, he, he messes with them a little bit, but he's, he's just to get his family there. But he's not, he, he's, he's like crying because of the joy that he's able to help his family out and he wasn't there before well there, there he is seeing the outcome yes of this pain and suffering he went through like, Absolutely. like at that point it's like all right i see it this it's is worth it. it this is what it was for and it's totally worth it yeah yeah but he wasn't there when he was putting the coat on right i mean showing the experiences brought humility they brought maturity yes. and, you know th- those things it's like you said sunday no pain no gain right That's like exactly like, right like those painful experiences help us grow as people too. They bring mm. they bring humility, they bring maturity, they bring, you know, all these things that help us be more effective for the gospel and, and to be better equipped to do what it is that God wants us to do. Yeah, I would I would say, you know, as a Christian, embrace the pain, you know. Yeah. Know and understand that hard times eventually leads to glorifying God, you know, and uh, and we see that like we talk about in other countries you know, there's Christians being persecuted and it's very hard times. Mm. And that leads to the ultimate glorification of God and people getting saved yeah. on a much higher rate than what they do here without pain. Right. So, right. Well, that's, uh, that's all we got for you today. Um, again, uh, those of you who listen, um, to our podcast week in, week out, we appreciate that. Uh, we, we, uh, really just want to be, you know, be able to serve people and yeah. love people and, um, this is an, a, a way that we feel like we can do that. And so uh, if you ever need anything, don't you know, feel free to shoot us an email or give us a call here at the office. We'd love to you know, share anything that we any experiences that we've gone through uh, yeah. or anything like that. If you have any questions, you know, let us know and we might be able to turn it into a podcast session. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, if, it's a, if it's a question, we'd, we'd love to you know, meet and kind of discuss it. So anyway, uh, you guys have a great week. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday or even before then Wednesday. Um, and, and so you guys have a blessed week. Thank you so much for listening today. And we always welcome you to join us at Fellowship Baptist Church in Nederland, Texas, where we gather, grow, give, and go.